High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, jocks, nerds, popular kids, and skaters. Oh, and a special shout-out to my friends on the ski team today. This is the very first episode of High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and I'll be hosting the Slumber Party later at my house. But first, school is still in session, so let's go back in time, if you will, to your high school days. Come on. Don't pretend you can't remember them. You remember them. Trust me, there are plenty of days I'd like to forget in high school, too. So together I hope we can, I don't know, exercise some of those demons. So close your eyes, relax, and picture yourself in the last day of class on a Friday. Any old Friday will do. Any Friday way back when. I know what you're thinking. It's 8th period, you've already tuned the teacher out, you're just staring into space, or that clock on the wall, or that girl or guy that you maybe had a crush on. But listen, we got some business to take care of. Or history, rather. Being that this is our first episode, we're making history here today, together. If this is your first time hearing my voice, well, I guess I apologize. If you're coming over from PSL of Hoffman, my original Cage Club Network podcast celebrating the career of Philip Seymour Hoffman, thanks for getting to know me over there, and I guess thanks for coming with me here. Hoffman should expect a lot of the same things, but a lot of different things as well. I haven't changed, and love me or hate me, and as hard as I try, I find it very hard not to be myself. So I guess this is what you get. However, on this show, High School Slumber Party... It's not about celebrating a great actor's career or even celebrating greatness. It's about looking back at the most awkward years of our lives and having a bit of fun. A lot of the show will be tongue-in-cheek, and honestly, a little silly. About as silly as a grown man hosting a slumber party with his grown-ass friends, but whatever. Like I said, we're just trying to have some fun, and I hope you have a little fun, too. I want to address some rumors. Kyle Reinfried, my co-host and partner in crime on PSL of Hoffman, did not break up for any personal reasons. We just want to try our hand at some solo projects for a bit, but don't worry, we have another tag team project coming down the pike that we'll be sure to announce at some point in the near future. Really excited about this one. Hey, come on, the bell doesn't dismiss you, I dismiss you. So speaking of Kyle, he's one of our first guests on the podcast today, along with Cage Club co-founder Michael Manzi, and the film we're going to be talking about is a film I hold near and dear to my heart. It turns out they do too, and that's 1985's Better Off Dead. I like when I can get Mike and Kyle in the same room just chatting about film. We can go on for hours, and essentially we do, so I decided to split this episode into two parts, which I'll be doing from time to time when the conversation runs a little long or we just have so much to talk about. Even still, I had to edit out a bunch of stuff because... Like I said, we can talk about this film for hours, and I'm really, really excited to talk about it. Uh, So without further ado, and because I kept you way too long, put on your favorite jammies, let your mother know that you're sleeping over Brian's, because after the break, we're about to get our party on. Oh, and, uh, class dismissed. Take it away, Neil Wait, that's what that meant? What, when in sync me sing? Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They were all in sync. That's why they sounded so amazing. I'm I'm kidding. Who is your favorite in sync member? JT. 
Justin Timberlake. He's got a new song, apparently. Yeah, he went country. It's a country song? It's like country dance. It's... Country dance? It's weird. Like, he's out in the... Like Cotton Eye Joe? I mean, but Yeah, Cotton, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) He's out in his... He's out on his uh, farm, you know, like... Thinking about like his baby and his wife, and he's singing country music now. Well, he is from Memphis, I think. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I don't know much about. Is that why he has that southern restaurant? What was that place called? He does. Oh, does he? Yeah, doesn't he have? Doesn't he have that chain southern place? Like it's on the, it's in Midtown. As much as I like him, I know nothing about him. Like I just know that he's a really good actor and seems like a nice like guy dance stuff. do you think he's a, a really good actor i actually do think he's a very good yeah i think he's a really good actor i think a lot of musicians transition to pretty decent actors like even like p diddy for instance has amazing comedic chops <laughs> yeah and that favreau movie made he's really good in that <laughs> well and ma- yeah made in uh get him to the greek oh and then the um the joaquin phoenix documentary where he grew the beard and went yeah. insane diddy's i'm in still that. here right is that mm-hmm. what that's called yeah or I'm not there. I'm not. Wait. No, I'm yeah. still here. What's I'm not there? That sounds like something too. That's like a Bob Dylan one or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's the one where like nine people pay, play Bob Dylan, including yeah. Kate Blanchett. I think. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um. I, no, but I think guys like like who are in bands like In Sync and stuff are. It's easier to transition to acting because. I'm like not trying to diss them, but it was like kind of an act, you know. Like you have to be oh, like, oh, especially the boy bands. Yeah, and the stuff boy like bands. That. Like you have to play a character almost. The image. The image. I love yeah. me some Joey Fat Tone. <laughs> so aptly named. <laughs> he was the coolest one, though. He was. Yeah, exactly. And he's on like Impractical Jokers nowadays. On like some yeah, like, uh, he had, like, all times. the tats and stuff. I remember he looks kind of like Guy Fieri a little bit. What? Just, yeah. Recollect? No. Yeah. I mean, no. Tits. He's. Okay, sure. yeah, no tips. Well, I, that goatee, all... kind of chubby. Fair, yes. The, I only know, what are the, I know, I, then I know Lance Bass, who are the other two guys? That's the whole thing, I'm never good with. Justin Timberlake, Lance Bass, Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone, yeah. Chris, I forgot his last name, starts with a K, and, uh, God. Is he the ethnic-looking one? Fair, yes, I guess fair. Um, <laughs> no, and there's another. This isn't really my, this is more Chris from now and again podcast. Yeah, this, this isn't something this. we really discussed, but what's the other guy's <laughs> name? Oh, JC. Was oh, the, right. Yeah, JC was like, that's the one with like the drawn on pencil goatee and everything, I think. No, that I think you're thinking of a Backstreet Boy. Oh, yeah, I'm totally Backstreet Boying it now. Who's the best? AJ is the Backstreet Boy you're thinking of. Yeah, I totally have AJ. <laughs> <in my mind. laughs> yeah, and that's like the Backstreet Boys. I can now just because of recently, and you reminded me, Brian. Like what? The ones Aaron Carter, or is that the younger brother? Them. Aaron Carter is the younger brother. Nick Carter oh, okay. is the older Nick Carter. Brother. Yeah. You know what I love about this conversation? This is something that people having a slumber party in high school are totally talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's why you know I'm so happy to have you guys on this episode because it's like you guys are you guys are Aww. like my podcast boys you know so it's like having the boys over for a slumber party <laughs> i love a good bro slumber <laughs> who doesn't love a good bro of people in a their brumber. their their 30s if you will <laughs> you know just hanging out and slumbering it up um so if you don't recognize these voices, then you're probably just listening to this show and you haven't listened to any other Cage Club Network shows. Idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to call your fans idiots. <laughs> the, the, our first guest is uh, my former co-host on the PS I Love Hoffman podcast. Well, I guess my current co-host too, but you know, not on this show. Uh, Kyle Reinfried. Kyle, what? actually, meant I meant to tell you that I quit PS I Love Hoffman. So. God damn it! I'm I'm gonna find. I'll, I'll get Amos Poe to replace you. No, if someone Thank was you. gonna replace you, I guess it would be. <laughs> it uh, should be Mike or Jenny. Well, let's just say for today that it it would be Mike Manzi, my second guest. Yes. Hey. Let's Mike go Manzi, in. of course, of a million shows on the Cage Club Network, and of course the Godfather. You don't even think to call me Godfather. Well, really, Joey, we call the Godfather. I guess you're. Consigliere. Consigliere. <laughs> he, he, uh, it, it's funny. My name's Michael, but he's more of the Michael, and I'm more of the Sonny, I guess. There's no Fredo. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. <laughs> There's no Fredo, no. Because, I mean, he he does do uh, more work than I do. Like, he does all, like, the 
website updating well, that, and yeah. reformatting stuff and that kind of thing. So and posting that's why I was giving you the Tommy Fagan, right? That's his name. Okay, yeah, Tom. I'll do Tom, Tom Hagen. But, Tom Hagen. Uh, Tommy Hagen. Fagan. Okay. That's, oh, sorry, Fagan. Hagen. Sorry. <laughs> it just sounds so silly. No, I like the Fagan is a isn't that like a Shakespeare character? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I laugh. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Well, guys, introduce yourselves in our classic model. So we like to introduce our guests by having them say their high school and their graduation year. So, Kyle, if you want to go first. Kyle Reinfried, Northern Valley, Old Japan, 2005. Go Golden Knights. That's... Go Golden Knights. Yay. So, Kyle, you and I knew each other in high school. We graduated high school together. Um, yes. So it's twofold. Not only are you a film buff and my partner on a different show, we, like I said, we were high school friends. We met in high school. High school sweethearts, yep. So I know this, but for our audience, tell everyone what you were like in high school. <laughs> uh, do you, how long do you have? Um, <laughs> as long as you want. Just, just. Well, let's see. Um, well, most of my friends from high school, all of my friends from high school, since the high school we went to were four different towns that came to be. All my friends in high school are from Old Japan, while I'm from Harrington Park, so that's just, I think that explains things right from the get-go. Just to be clear, Northern Valley High School is in New Jersey, Northern New Jersey, where we grew up. Yes. And so, you know, just made all new friends in high school, just because I didn't like anyone from my old school, and they probably didn't like me either. Um, And then freshman year, I was was growing my hair out. I had a hemp (laughs) chain wallet chain i wore i wore clogs that once i tried to kick a plastic bottle it flew off hit an albanian kid in the eye and then he punched me several times Um, yes i remember that yes uh and as brian said i was uh friends with him and i'll 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 just say that once we went to a pep rally in which we brought our lightsabers and instead of the golden knights we were the jedi knights just like dueling in the background while no woman cared about us actually you had a girlfriend no woman cared about me <laughs> so any other high school memories you'd like to share uh so like if you had to put yourself in a traditional movie high school click which is so phony because we don't really fall into these things <laughs> would you be in i mean i know this but for our audience would you be in the popular kids would you be in the jo- no the totally jocks, not popular but... No, I'm. Our high school was very cliquish. I don't I know if I agree that. with that, but we, we we go back and forth on this. But fair. So, what clique were you in? The the goths, well, the punks. No, I, no. I mean, I was, I was, I was. Uh, like, I guess, lack of a better word, like artsy, because I was in band. I was in multiple types of bands. Band and I did, oh, like, you were drum major. Oh well, cool. that was see, that was that was cool. maybe not cool. That took then, a long that cool took a now. long time to get to. <laughs> no, you want you want to hear the funniest thing ever? So I you, you yes. had to go to drum you had to go to drum major camp, okay, which was up at UMass, and uh, uh, and the guy that was like in charge of it like was in ch- is in charge of the UMass marching band, which in the country is like a really well revered marching band. Uh-huh. But he t- he told us he's like now normally like let's face it football and band people we don't get along they always picked on us our whole lives but he's like but now you get to say to the football captain listen I'm a major I outrank you and I just oh, started laughing God. like that's the worst idea that is ever. the lamest thing I've ever heard did you do that to the football captain Kyle no I just said fuck off because I hated I just by then I just had like. I like. I finally took me for a long time to realize, like, oh, I don't have to put up with people's bullshit. Like that was always my biggest thing. I was always like to- told, like, not to really, like, you know, push back and, you know, don't, you know, just like, just, uh, you know, totally don't pay attention to it. But by senior year, I was, you know, pushing people back and telling them to fuck off and all that good stuff. So. Awesome. I mean, I think that uh, we'll probably get into a little bit more stuff, and you'll be on further episodes. So, but thank you Hopefully. for uh, setting the tone of your high school experience. How about you, Michael? Now Hansen? I need to go to therapy. <laughs> this is therapy. This it's is cheaper. Slumber, slumber party therapy. So, that Michael means... Manzi, introduce yes. yourself. Oh man, um, <laughs> Michael Manzi, um, RHS Ridgewood High School, class of nineteen ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Good year. Uh, RHS, a tradition of excellence. Go Maroons. <laughs> I like this. I'm going to have every guest do this. Just say the go, whatever their team was. Yeah. Or San Dimas High School Football Rules. Something like that. San Dimas High School Football Rules! <laughs> you know, you got to say like a, like if it's like, like Roar Lions or whatever it was. So, 
Mike, tell us about, yeah. uh, I guess, what were you like in high school and tell us about your high school experience. Um, okay, so my high school was like, you know, middle, upper class, pretty much like very, like the town was like very Norman Rockwell picturesque also, sort also of town. In- also northern jersey just to clarify for our fans. yeah yeah and the school was like a really good tough high school um and like even though and like everyone seemed really smart even if they were didn't quite look it like everybody in the 90s like i don't know um wore like uniform like for sure you know like you you could definitely see the clicks walking down the hall and stuff uh, i myself like started off high school kind of like like in like as a rocker, I guess I played drums and I was in a band with my best friends. Uh, we were called uh, My Five Dads. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. There were four of us. Um, I still have our demo tape in my uh, in my dresser right here on cassette. I'm trying to get that online at some point. Uh, you know, I pretty much was like mostly for sophomore junior year i was pretty much a punk a punk rocker at that point um but like the seven or so best friends i hung out with we were all kind of like diverse i'd say in our tastes like one of my friends was like very preppy one of them was like very studious like we all just sort of represented i feel um sometimes we would go by the name the magnificent seven after the clash song sometimes we would go by the barracudas and sometimes we would go by tri-pi happy guy wow which was our basement fraternity which was a triangle the pie symbol and then a happy face Wow, you had like a really awesome like. <laughs> yours seems more like a movie than almost anyone I've ever met in terms of high school experience. Oh, I could uh, see that. I mean, I get what you're going for. Like, I watch high school movies and I recognize a lot of the a lot of the uh, tropes and stuff. Like, I my big thing was I cut a lot of class. Like, I cut a lot of class. Like, wow, <laughs> like ju- like um. Junior, junior year, I cut so much <laughs> class that I had to go to summer school for English and math, which I rocked, which English was great because my teacher introduced me to like movie, um, sort of like he would he would show movies and have us write about them uh, to do like our lessons and stuff. So it sort of introduced me to criticism at that level. Awesome. Uh, and then my senior year, I just had like a major shift. Like I wasn't a punk anymore. I kind of dropped the attitude and dressed with more like color like was wearing, you know introduced some more reds and greens into the wardrobe and stuff and uh like got my grades up i had to take two i had to take u.s history one and two when i was a senior so like my fucking schedule was packed so i kind of had to become like the like a nerd my senior year and like aced all my classes and got out of high school like by the skin of my teeth pretty much wow you were like a bad kid well, I just had like a like a who cares attitude about a lot of it, especially junior and senior year, where uh, I think like I was having trouble keeping up with some classes, and then uh, like had to see the um, you know the guidance counselor and be like, I think I'm in some of the wrong classes. This might be too advanced. And then like once I got my schedule settled, uh, I was able to like get back on top of things. But yeah, for a while there, I guess you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were a punk, you know, you were a true punk. Yeah. Which, awesome. Yeah, and I wanted to be, and I represented that, like, I had the leather jacket and the blue jeans, and, like, I looked like a Ramones guy, you know, like, I was like Mikey Ramone, basically, <laughs> like, if you were to look at me, like, in at the high school to, like, you know, point me out and stuff, and, like, at one time, I went as far as to do the green hair uh, wow. in the halls for a while and no one was really thrilled <laughs> like my, my parents were not really thrilled um teachers were not too happy it was kind of distracting but but yeah i went i went there so awesome like i mean I, that's cool like i didn't know that stuff about you and it, like it makes a lot more sense it also makes sense with some of the movies that you'll be on this podcast like later um so Happy to hear oh, about yeah. that. So today we're doing uh, Better Off Dead, one of, I don't know, I really like this film. I've always liked this film. Watched it again. I do have different, maybe different opinions than the first time I saw it. Uh, I assume you guys have seen this film? Yeah, the last time I saw it was actually at, like, I think your parents' house in the home theater. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Love that theater. Um, yeah, I've seen this a bunch of times. I kind of, I remember growing up with this movie. 
yeah, it, it's definitely a fun movie. Uh, like, it's super... I don't know. It's something that, like, it's never... No one ever says this is, like, one of the best films ever. You don't really hear people talk about it. But I feel like almost everybody has seen it. Yeah, this was a, this was a movie my aunt introduced to me because she's, like, a kid of the 80s. So she was just, like, I don't know, probably when I was, like, middle school age. She was like, oh, you got to see this movie. This is hilarious. You're going to love it. And she was... So right, because, I mean, you know, I, wa- I watched it again yesterday, and while I didn't laugh as much as I did when I was younger, it's still awesome, and I there's so much I enjoy about it. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen this in a long time, and I don't really like to just watch movies in the middle when they come on TV all that often, so, like, I remember it, it's been on every once in a while, but I haven't watched it. So seeing it all the way through again this time, there's a there's a lot I forgot, a lot I remembered, but then just I oh man, like I was just loving it this time. I was laughing at everything. Everything was clicking for me, and I recognized a bunch of things this time around that I never realized before last time. That I hope we'll get into. This is a super like there's like a lot going on in this film, and every time I see it, I recognize new things, and not necessarily like genius things, but just like something in the background here or there. Uh, Mike, do you remember at all the first time you saw this film, or like you said, it's just something you grew up with? Oh, so I remember, I mean, probably not the first time I saw it, but I was like a little kid. I was definitely like around like 10 or something like that, and it would be on HBO. This and One Crazy Summer, I always actually thought One Crazy Summer was a sequel to this movie, because it's the same director and some of the same cast and John Cusack and everything. And uh, I mostly remember his drawings coming to life, the dancing hamburgers, and I want my $2. Oh, God, yeah. Those are like oh. the three main things I remembered from this movie. There's a lot of like memorable things like that. Uh, the first time I saw this film, it was on TV. And my mother was just like, I guess, bored <laughs> one day just watching it. And I was just, you know, you know how when you're a kid, you like hang around your parents while they're watching things. And I remember being like so hooked to it. Uh, this is maybe like seriously, probably one of the first high school films I saw. I didn't grow up watching high school films. I, I'm the oldest in my family. So I, we, I kind of more geared towards younger films. But I, I distinctly remember two things. One is the classroom scene where everyone had to go to the board and like put their assignments up. Formations, hereto made orientable in our diagram by connecting the various points H-I-G-K, P-E-G-Q, and L-M-N-O, creating our geometric configurations, which have no properties but with location. R equal to... The described triangle CAB, quintuplicated. Therefore, it is also the five triangles composing the aforementioned NIGH, each are equal to the triangle CAB in this geometric concept. (laughs) Therefore, in a like manner, the geometric metaphors can derive a repeated vectoral sum. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Please, take them out. Oops. Sophia. Oh, oh, oh. And oh, please. Oh, Buster. Join us at the blackboard and show us your solution to this paltry geometric dilemma. <laughs> and I remember being afraid to go to high school a little bit because I thought that like people had to like present like that in high school, which I don't think I ever did. And the other scene I distinctly remember was the first time they have sex in this film. And I, I remember my, my mom like changing the channel and kept, like because I was there and like tr- keep, she kept changing it back and it was still that scene. And I was like, ooh, what's going on? This is interesting. And those are like my distinct memories of this film. I revisited this film, though, because I, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about the cast here, um, because I want to talk about John Cusack. Cusack. When, High Fidelity is one of my favorite films. And, yes. And, Same here. Yeah. Oh, we talk about it all the time, Kyle. All the time. And uh, I, the first time I saw High Fidelity is, I was, this, again, my mother introduced me. She was a kid. She was, she's not that much 
older than me. She had me when she was like 22 or something. So these movies were like movies she saw. She wasn't in high school or something, but there were still, you know, movies that kind of resonated with her. And I, but for um, High Fidelity, I was sick one day. I had like a terrible fever. She like rented High Fidelity for me and I just watched it sick like three or four times. And I'm like, this movie's awesome. I love John Cusack. Where did I see this guy again? Oh yeah, that movie Better Off Dead. And like, I tracked down the title on the internet. I went to Blockbuster. I rented Better Off Dead. And I'm like, I love this movie too. And I proceeded to see a lot of John Cusack films. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, first of all, do you are you John Cusack fans, or what? What's your opinion oh. on the Cusack man? Yeah, I love John Cusack. I mean, come on, must love dogs. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen on. it. Yet. <laughs> no. Wow, it's got a new, it's got it's got a Newfoundland in it, and I grew up with that's a type of dog, uh, and that's what I grew up with. But no, and I love uh, Diane Lane. Oh, so you they, do? Wow, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but uh, no, but I mean, definitely better off dead. But then High Fidelity. I mean, we t- again we talk about it all the time. I am pretty i'm in the vein of jack black in that movie um, <laughs> oh man that's great that's the fun thing about working in a record store you get to play crappy pap you don't even want to listen to i just i thought this tape was gonna be a fucking conversation stimulator man yes dude. <laughs> like i'm very i'm that's very a, out oh what a precise call if i may say <laughs> yeah no, for 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 better or for worse. That's not me trying to be. I wish, like, almost like it's like sad because like the cool the things that he's cool about. Like, I do have good music knowledge, but he clearly is like crazy extensive. But anyway, um, <laughs> I love how but, that character no, I, that character in, in High Fidelity is supposed to be like a loser, but like you look up to him. He's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. Barry Jones, um, Kathleen Turner, but yeah, no, John, yeah, John... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, John Cusack is just amazing and i mean i even it's weird watching this now i mean i always knew this i know you're a fan too brian but i mean you know again being that we went to high school together and you were in film class but you wrote all the films that we made in high school it's like the second film we made this movie called lost in suburbia it is such a john cusack movie oh my god yeah i was watching this and i didn't realize it when i was writing it but i'm so Oh, if you look at all my early scripts, and I'm not an accomplished screenwriter, so I'm not like saying that because it was good. But everything I wrote in probably the first five years of my writing was directly influenced by Better Off Dead and High Fidelity, and you could see that. It, and and yeah, something else. Yeah, I was just, no, I was just gonna say, and like, I mean, and John Cusack just because him breaking. The fourth wall is also in like Woody Allen, which I don't know how. I know you know later on you definitely became a big Woody Allen fan. Yeah, no, I I really didn't see Woody Allen films till later in my life. But I think Uh John Cusack, of course, is in Bullets Over Broadway, um, which is a Woody Allen film I really do like. He's got a scene in Shadows and Fog with Malkovich, which is strange because they go on to do John Malkovich. That that is true. Well, Cusack's been in a lot of good films. How about you, man? Is a Cusack fan? Yeah, huge Cusack fan. I mean, I just always remember him being around. And, you know, he's like, he looks like a normal dude, too. It's like, it's not like he's not good looking, but it's like, you know, he's not like super handsome, dashing guy. So I feel like he's super relatable in that way also. Uh, Yeah. I love High Fidelity. I mean, Nick Hornby is just like, that's, you know, that's like the book. And he's done like About a Boy. And he's, he's a great author. And they just... They adapted that perfectly. Like, it's so good. But, I mean, for my money, I got to, you know, currently, I got to go with Gross Point Blank. Like, when I oh, saw yeah, that yeah. movie, I was like, that is just the coolest f- motherfucker on screen, like, right now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's that's also sort of a high school film. You know, he's going to his reunion. I, yeah. He's going to his 10-year reunion and everything. So, it's got a lot of sort of history with Cusack, the actor, and everything. Um, but, you know, he's also a major part of Cage Club where he's been in a bunch of movies with Nick Cage. I mean, just to name a few, like Con Air, um, Frozen Ground, and Arsenal, which are more video-on-demand movies, but like he's popped up there a lot. Always great to see him doing that work. Uh, so, yeah, man, I even follow him on Twitter, to be honest. Like, I don't, wow. I don't follow a lot of, like, political <laughs> people, but, like, I get a lot of my, um, a lot of links from, from following Cusack. Really? Is he active on Twitter? 
Uh, yeah, he's like real anti-Trump and everything like that. So it's kind of funny to see, um, you know, people like uh, trying to get under his skin and then like retorting and everything. But wow. uh, he's out there. And I mean, like, it's kind of weird. Like, he still works. I just watched him in that movie, Cell. Uh, the Stephen King movie and it's terrible mm-hmm. and he kind of, it's kind of <laughs> like he needs something to get him back on top I feel like you know he's sort of stuck right now uh, in supporting role and he needs something to say like remember like when when Cusack could just like run the show um, like he's totally capable like I really think he's a really fine actor and I want to see him do something you know new now like let's see him you know what's his next phase gonna be we all talked about about uh money for nothing which is a ps i love hoffman yeah i was just gonna say oh, fans right. of ps i love hoffman or cage club material well all the three of us did money for nothing on a ps i love hoffman podcast which neither of us i think had seen at that point so kyle you used to do this on ps i love hoffman and honestly i'm too lazy so i'm just gonna read the back of the DVD cover to tell people what it's <laughs> wow. That's actually a cool feature, though, Brian, like to go that route, you know? Or some, someone might just say every episode will read IMDb. So I hope you keep it to the back of the DVD cover for all your episodes. I'm going to try. I'm okay. going to try. You know, even if I don't have the DVD, I'm going to look for, like, the picture of the DVD mm-hmm. on the internet. So that DVD, v, I'm trying, trying to get VHSs if I can. Nice. But I just own it. I've got the VHS upstairs. Oh, because <laughs> oh, you're recording it. in your parents' house, Kyle, which you oh, do not yes. currently live in. I want to be. I want to be fair, but but uh, that that was your high school home, correct? Correct. Yeah, and I. Uh, but it wasn't. I didn't own it on VHS. It's one of those when M- Manzi and I have stopped at the Goodwill store and I pick up VHSs now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like once we're, we're talking like in the era of not just Blu-ray but like the 4K. Right. You know, d- discs. I'm I'm buying VHS now. Well, dude, I've gone to um, novelizations. So like as analog as I can get to watch a movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that is, you don't get more. An- I mean, unless you do like find a cave painting of a movie you don't like go back more than that so so better off dead after his girlfriend ditches him for a boorish ski jock lane decides that suicide is the only answer sorry (laughs) wait was that a boorish ski jock yeah is that what boorish yes okay (laughs) not like a boar like not like no i understand like yeah (laughs) however his increasingly inept attempts to bring him only more agony and embarrassment. What? Filled with the wildest teen nightmares, a family you can't help but identify with, and a host... What? That is not true. And a host of wonderful comic characters, Savage Steve Holland's writing and directorial debut is a masterful look at those painfully funny teen years. What do you guys think of that little summary there? Uh, I was like, uh, you know... Yeah, it's, 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 well, that's the whole thing. I mean, any outlines, they're just giving you, like, the shell without, like, any of, it's a picture without, like, the flavor. It's just looking at the plate of food. Yeah, like, like again, I don't, do you find his family relatable in this? Well, sure. I mean, there's, like, uh, the little things, like, I mean, the parents exchanging, or the mom giving gifts that, like, he has zero, like, interest in and stuff like that. Fair, fair. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the it's a comment on the nuclear family. Like, this is the Simpsons before the Simpsons, as far as I'm concerned. Like, this whole movie. I mean, it's a cartoon sure. comedy. Like, as far as the family goes, I relate to the dad, definitely. <laughs> just because he's, like, in a waking hell. And, you know, he only talks to Lane about the car or girls. Uh, the mom who can't cook is such a cliche taken to, you know, the utmost extreme. And then I don't know where Savage got the idea of the younger brother, but I mean, I remember cutting things off the back of boxes and mailing them in for shit when I was a little boy. And this takes that to like such a bizarre extent that, you know, you just have to laugh at it. I think I don't know. It's insane. No, I hear you. I, you mentioned, by the way, the director, Savage Steve Holland. What a name. Um, <laughs> he he recently did an interview about Better Off Dead, and it was it's like super insightful. This is he said it's pretty much an autobiography. Like this is based on stuff in his life. Now, of course, it has like a magic realism feel. Yeah. But like that's more. I mean, do you guys like that magic realist tone, or do you think it's like weird? Yeah, it's fun. It makes it different. I I like it. I think. I think what it feels like, it nails parody, but, but like, does it without referencing popular culture? 
you know, like it's just riffing on stereotype. Whereas nowadays you kind of get, well, they're even sort of tapered off by now, but like, especially in the new millennium, there were a lot of like scary movie, scary movie three and like superhero movie, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's super irreverent at the time. I didn't pick up on any of that when I first saw it, but looking back on it now, I, I feel like it's super clever uh, and really smart. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't bothered by it. I'm not usually a fan of maybe like this kind of stuff, and maybe because I just have a nostalgic love for this film, but it's not anything that, it's, look, it's crazy stuff, but it's not like gross to the point where you're like, this is sick, or like. No, it's not like what I would call gross out humor. Like, it doesn't go for that. It's not, you know, I don't. No, yeah. it's it's just it's cheeky and it's like it's got its charm value to it. I mean, again, like they're making fun of like like the big goonish basketball guys that all have the <laughs> same girlfriend that is rolling around on roller skates, and then again the brother that's cutting out the stuff, but then also is like a genius and builds a laser, a rocket, and has like older what are the He's women picking up loose again women on New Year's? <laughs> yeah, loose women, yeah, yeah. like trashy women. I love it. Um, so we, so we, we talked about Savage Steve Holland like a little bit because I mean you said one crazy summer he did he hasn't done too much but he kind of evolved into um, like more of the cartoon thing he had a show I don't know if you guys remember it or even saw it. it was called Eek the Cat it was on Fox was he purple or pink or purple I think he was like a purple Garfield looking thing he was like a Garfield but he kind of had like a Bobcat voice like ah, I'm Eek the Cat like it was yeah. like a <laughs> Um, but the, I think the, the funniest, <laughs> the funniest a- a aspect of this film is how much John Cusack apparently still hates this film, but what? hated it at the time. Really? What? He didn't even want to talk to Savage Steve Holland again, but he had already signed for One Crazy Summer, so he had to do it. That's so, crazy. So I watched this interview, and he said he regretted making like a. Um, John Cusack regretted making this movie so much. It was stupid. Like he just and he still feels that way. That I've read things that he still feels that way. He has not talked about this movie since. I got to hit him up on Twitter. I got to see what he thinks yeah. about this movie. I mean, but look, people don't agree. This is seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, eighty-seven percent from the audience. That's really high. Yeah, it kind of made me like the French. I mean, that's like what movie has done that before? Well, I just feel like it's populated. I mean, it's just got so many great bits to it. Like everything is set up so well early on and called back throughout the whole movie. Like the uh, the paper boy with the father and then oh, the paper yeah. boy following Lane and just all the way up until the last shot of the movie with the paper boy and yeah and the ra- ra- racing with the two Asian brothers yeah I mean, the racing classic. oh yeah yeah it's like that's I want to get in, I want to get into like some of my favorite beats here and if you guys want to just throw one in at the end if, if I haven't mentioned it but there's so much in this one again yeah the two dollars cash like Johnny. Four weeks. Twenty papers, that's two dollars. Plus tip. Uh, gee, Johnny, I don't have a dime. Sorry. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. Well, it's funny, see, my mom had to leave early to take my, my brother to school and my dad to work because... Two dollars. Cash. I remember I saw this, and that summer, like, we would always go down to, like, you know... Wildwood or whatever, like for you know, family vacation, and on the boardwalk, I saw the switchblade comb, and I said, "I need." This. <laughs> that is so funny. So just quickly, a run through of the cast. I said John Cusack, who hates this film. Um, the dad, who's I think really cool, <laughs> David Ogden Styers. Do you guys recognize him from anything? Or he looks super familiar, but I couldn't place him anywhere. So it's his voice that's familiar. He's like a very accomplished voice actor. Yeah, he, he did a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah, he, he's most famously Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast, but you probably don't recognize him from there. But he's in Toy Story, and uh, like he's in like a bunch of Disney films. Uh, which one is, of your favorite Disney films? Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Yeah, he's he like he he hit, pretty much hit up every Disney film like for like a ten year period. Um, Amanda Weiss, or I don't know if it's Weiss or Weiss, but she did. T- she has two very notable uh, roles. Oh, besides I this. recognized her right away from Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. She's the first person Freddy Krueger kills. 
Yeah, the movie start. It's interesting. The movie starts on her, and it, they kind of try to pull like a psycho thing, where you think the movie's going to be about her, and then she yeah. gets killed really early on. May I just say she aged well? Oh, did you? You looked her up. <laughs> I, I got a. I got Kyle. I got a question about this later for you. Okay. Um, the other thing she's in is another movie we'll talk about in this podcast is Fast Fast Times at Richmond High, where she also breaks up with somebody. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, that's right, Brad. That's right. She's Brad's girlfriend. <laughs> Holy crap! And that's like she she doesn't have much of a career. She's got like not that many credits. So it's funny that she's like in like a couple notable things. So another person in this film is uh, Curtis Armstrong, who plays Booger. <laughs> and from the Lambda Moo team, Dudley Dawson. Booger. Booger. Forever I know, forever always Booger, known as yeah. Booger. <laughs> Guess he plays Charles Damar. Of course, risky, risky business. I love that. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's he's right. That I well. love his character. His character in this is so awesome because he's like, I, I, I mean, especially as a freshman, like you know, you're always like, what? Could we, how could we get high for free? You're like, <laughs> you know, like this what kind of household snow. product or whatever? Yeah. Like, like he's sniffing Jello here. and stuff. You'll make a fine little helper. What's your name? Charles DeMar. Shut up, Geek. Greendale is a bodaciously small town, Lane. It's a fly speck on the map. A rest stop on the way to a ski slope. I can't even get real drugs here. Charles. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Wait one second. I think I'm onto something here. This is pure snow. It's everywhere. Have you any idea what the street value of this mountain is? Charles. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it! Ah! Oh! Oh! Outrageous! I think I froze the left half of my brain! Lane, what are you doing? The easy whip. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, like this is the first. Time I mean, I, I only know that. because I did the exact same thing. Like we went and cleaned out like a Grand Union one. <laughs> wow, the punk. <laughs> um, he's also in Ray. He yes. is. He is like I forgot. He's a, like that famous producer. Um, he pops up in everything. Though. It, he's like, like a from huge it, from character it, actor from Atlantic Records, right? Yeah. I mean, he does a ton of TV. I remember yeah, him yeah, on Supernatural for like a couple seasons when I watched it. He's been on he's New still Girl. active, yeah. So Diane Franklin, um, so not French, plays Monique, and obviously you probably recognize her from something Manzi because it's something yep. you talked about. One of the princesses. Yes, one of the princesses from Bill and Ted. In Bill and Ted, where she also does not play an American. I suppose she's British in that. She certainly has the accent. But do they ever identify where they are in that? Uh, what print? Where? Uh, they're in medieval uh, London or England. So England. So she is. A, yeah, she is. She's a British princess. She's a British princess. How's it going, ladies? You're the ones we saw in front of the castle. I am Ted of San Dimas. And, uh, I bring to you a message of love. <laughs> is she the one for Bill or Ted? I believe she's Ted's, but I've got to rewatch it to be sure. Yeah. I can't remember. You only really see them pair up, like, in one scene, so it's hard to recall. And I've watched, like, 500 movies since that movie, so... <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Ricky, the uh, cross-the-street neighbor who Monique Oh, wait, wait. Let me just... Let me, can, if I may, because I'm looking at her filmography now, but Diane Franklin is in one of my all-time favorite uh, horror movies called Terror Vision that I only discovered, like, two years ago. So I implore everyone to check out Terror Vision. What is Terror Vision about? Uh, it's basically... a Well, okay, so it's an American horror movie made in Italy with an Italian... Um, 
like a whole Italian crew, so they couldn't understand what the director was trying to do or anything. It was it's amazing, but basically, a transmission from space is beamed into a family's television, and it turns out that it's like an alien convict that takes over, like basically tries to take over the family and everything. But Ricky Schroeder's in it as like this little like military kid. I mean, it's really great. I've you, never you heard of this film. She's she plays a punk rocker with like all different colored like rainbow hair, and her uh, boyfriend is like that's a why you spike like her. Jacket. <laughs> good good fact there because I had no idea that film existed so I was saying Ricky who she lives with in the film um, played by Dan Schneider now I don't know if you guys know but Dan Schneider is like one of the biggest producers now of like children's TV I think he especially does, Nickelodeon yeah stuff. Nickelodeon he does he's the producer of all the Nickelodeon shows almost starting with like I'm... all that till now I knew him originally from Head of the Class. Yeah, and he's most famous as an actor from Head of the Class. He always played, like, nerds and stuff. But he, like, directed Good Burger or something. Not Maybe didn't direct the movie, but, like, he did Keenan and Kel. And yeah. And he was even on Keenan and Kel and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. No, he's the godfather of Nickelodeon, pretty much. They, they've given him the key to the <laughs> castle. But you know what's funny? Savage Steve Holland now makes most of his, like, money or whatever from doing like Nickelodeon Disney Channel like shows like directing them. I wonder if oh, if uh, yeah. uh Dan Schneider kind of Oh, totally. gave him a little bit of a push there. I mean, that would make sense, right? Uh, absolutely. Help help a brother out, like helping <laughs> out a friend. I mean, cuz he's awesome in this movie. Like I really feel like he wanted to be there. Like he's he's so He's not, hilarious. Like, no, yeah, and like he knows that he's not there to look good you know what i'm saying like he's supposed to be the big fat nerd and he owns it and and i know he owns it because of the dancing scene <laughs> when he starts to dance you're like this is just supreme confidence coming through and that can only be like i feel like that can only be because the actor uh is like genuinely like into it but uh i love that moment when he just busts out a robot he like pushes monique aside and he's like no 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 this is dancing <laughs> like i got this speaking of the dance kyle i know you wanted to talk about this lady but the singer oh, at the dance oh and yes. who does oh the goodness. essentially the better off dead theme song which is sung in the <laughs> film uh eg daily The, like, love of my life. I think we all are crushing on her. Yeah, but I love right? her more. Always. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, have you, I mean, have you seen Valley Girl? I have. Okay, then, <laughs> never mind. I mean, she's, I knew her originally from Pee Wee for yeah, wanting, that's... you know, wanting to get with Pee Wee. Wait, I want to talk to you first. You are talking to me. But when I saw Valley Girl, I was like, there's no going back. <sighs> she's just perfect. So she also, of course, became a voice actor because she's the voice of Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. A lot of like younger people know her as that, but she was a budding musician at the time and then also a budding actor. She just has that trademark voice, you know? It's fantastic. I think she was in some Rob Zombie movie or something. She was really, I think it was the second one, The Devil's Rejects, the really gritty one. Oh, she's wow, in really? That too. Yeah, yeah. She's really good in it, too. She plays a hua. At the Hua House. At the end. <laughs> Isn't it interesting though that uh, that like Savage Steve Holland, he's like an animation guy as well as like a director, and so many of these people uh, went on to do vocal roles. It's almost like he casted them for the voice because that's like how he thinks. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe he wanted that like sort of you know cartoon quality to it, so he tried to get actors that might be able to express that in real life and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, so the last, the, the last uh, person I want to mention is Kim Darby, who plays like the mom, and she's a child actor. Really, she's famous for being the child in the original True Grit, and oh, she was also okay. in Bye Bye Birdie. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah. So, and she does like vocal work now too, apparently. But she seems pretty active as well. Um, one more fact I want to say before we dive into the the nitty gritty. The the famous Hollywood person who pushed for this film to be made the most, and I guess he was friends with Savage Steve Holland. Charlton but, Heston. No. Oh. Henry Winkler. Oh, oh cool. Henry the Winkler. Fans. Henry Winkler was the one who suggested John Cusack. He'd seen him in some earlier films and was like, This is the guy for you and he like got the producers together to make this movie. 
may may I mention one more actor who just very brief appearance, but I always love this guy, uh, Taylor Negron as the mailman. Oh, oh I do yes. like him. Yeah, I, I was really gonna say. Like yeah, him. there was a couple people I wanted to say, and like he was one of them, along with uh, the guy from Porky's is also in this. Uh, like I just not only is his attitude just exactly what you would imagine like a mailman you know you just don't want to push this guy he could just snap or go postal at any second but i I love the gag how he rings the bell and then um the the little kid answers the door and then he rings the bell again and lane answers (laughs) the door like hi badger your book on how to pick up trashy women came today Tell me something. What's a little boy like you doing with big boy smut like this? Hi, Lane. I was just wondering. I mean, I know that we don't even know each other, but I know that you were going out with that girl, Beth, and I can see that you're not going out with her anymore, and I was wondering if perhaps I could just be with her. Just, oh my god, yeah. That's and so I love great. how again, I just love how he's dropping the mail. Yeah, he's just <laughs> falling out while he's listening to uh I think Jimmy Hendrix, Foxy Lady. Hendrix, yeah. 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 <laughs> I he's I always think of him from two other things. The one other being the like well, him is like the same kind of character as he's a pizza delivery guy in Biodome. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and uh and then he's also a stooge that gets like with his long hair and his suit in Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, Angels in the Outfield, that's where I recognize him from. And he's also in like a couple episodes of Friends. He owns um, the restaurant that Monica ends up working at, Alessandro's. Um, and who could forget the Dan Aykroyd train wreck, um, Nothing But Trouble? He's in that as well. <laughs> so he actually escapes that movie halfway through. So good for him. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. He literally, like him and his, whoever plays his sister, they like run from the house and they like are seen at the very end of the movie, like, vacationing in the island somewhere. So, like, they got away. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever. So this film, obviously, like, the big crux of it is skiing the K-12. <laughs> the, like, this is, okay. a, this is a trope that a lot of people, like, have discussed and a lot of people have made fun of. It, there's a South Park episode that, like, cites it. Yeah. It, it, it's something funny. Like, Kyle, you've been to Vermont. I know you don't ski, but... Is this K twelve the mountain or the specific run? That's the that run of the mountain. Yeah, that's like the level, that's, right? Like, yeah, it's like the K twelve is like the extreme peak of that mountain, like a triple diamond or something. Yeah, this is something I say a lot. Like, uh, like, oh, he's good enough to ski the K twelve. It, it, it's just, I don't know. I love it, but so he wants to make the varsity ski team in this. Where, and you mentioned Kyle that you were a drum major, but did you, you play any sports? No, right. Uh, I attempted wrestling freshman year, but it was just a little too, uh, I won't get into it. It just wasn't for me. (laughs) Uh, Mike, did you do any sports? No, not in in high school. I was done by then. I did like lacrosse in junior high and stuff, but I couldn't compete. Well, we're going to play another game now. I'm going to give you guys a chance to earn your varsity letters. I I had a varsity letter, though. Okay, yes, in in the band. I'm, yeah. I apologize. Thank you. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a chance to earn a varsity letter on the podcast Cage Club Podcast Network ski team. Then, fair. Fair. <laughs> Can I just ask a quick question about it? Be it being the ski team is a joke, right? Like that's the whole joke. Is like they live in California. They're like from the valley, but they're no, high no, no, it's not California. A joke. No, it's not a joke. Yeah. Well, first well, of all, I know they that, live in, like, it's they not live in far to go California. skiing, but I mean, to have a ski team on, in high school, that's that's not part of the joke. That's actually like... No, no it's actually a thing. Yeah. I know people from California who are on ski teams. <laughs> oh my God, that makes it like <laughs> 10 <laughs> times better. Yeah, ski, I mean, <laughs> and, skiing and like like making the team is like just such a big 80s theme anyway. Well, making the team, yeah. Like even in my high school, being varsity was a huge fucking deal and everything. But I thought that was a joke just like the New Year's eve dance was a joke you know like because who has a fucking high school dance on new year's eve like that's the most insane thing i've ever heard in my life i'd be remiss if we didn't say that brian was the captain of the a, a captain one of three captains of the cross country uh yes team. i was so i guess i should say yeah i i was varsity um i wasn't the best but i was captain of the cross country team 
So, yay! I gained a lot of weight after that, so I am no longer captain of any running teams or anything like that because I don't like you're Captain Crunch. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. I love Captain Crunch, though. Okay, it's so good. But like I said, I'm going to let you guys earn your varsity letters today. Um, So I picked both of you, obviously, are film buffs without cheating. And I'll let let you go first, Kyle, because you were my original partner. Just name one of the top ten films of the year this film was released, 1985. So, Kyle, you go first. Oh, man. Jesus. Uh, not, we're not going to like go through till we have all of them. You know, <laughs> just First one to five gets the varsity letter. Or um, I'll just declare it over. If, wow, if this is going to go on for a while. Cause <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Nineteen eighty-five. Uh, just pick. Just throw a movie out there. Raging Bull. No, that's not right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, that's earlier. It's in like the five 80s. years old. Yeah, you said three. Raging Bull, so zero. Yeah, so, exactly. Okay, okay let Man's me take a educated guess because I was thinking about this movie today. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock was not in the top ten. I'm not sure if it's that year. I don't see it in the top twenty-five. So. Oh man. I, oh man. Temple of Doom. It's like 83? 84, Kyle. So close. (laughs) So, again, like, we're we're doing five each, and then it'll go to sudden death. So if you guys guess one. Okay, okay. Yeah, so. Okay, your second shot. Michael Mann. 1985. Back to the Future? Number one movie that year. Back to the Future. Mike Manzi with one point. Kyle, back to you. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Uh... Uh, let me think. Eighties, eighties, eighties. Rambo Part Two. Yes, number two Ooh. film that Is that year. That, fuck off. No, First really. Blood, part really? Two. Fuck yes. off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the number two movie. Wow. See, we're ma- we're making some progress here, guys. Let's go. Oh, jeez. Eighty-five. That's the year my sister. That's the year my sister was born. I'm trying to think of movies I actually saw in the theater that year, but I didn't see a lot of like adult movies, needless to say. Uh, I can't think. I don't know, like The Color Purple? The Color Purple, number four, Mike Manzi. <laughs> That's <laughs> two points. I swear, I'm not, I have nothing open. This is all going off memory. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, we just I wait, we just said this before. I'm going to go out on the limb. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It did come out that year, but not in the top ten. Oh, come on, 19. really? My one guess, like not my Number one guess. Nineteen. But... Sorry, Kyle, but 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 good that you got that year. Yeah. All right. Crazy. I just have my crazy. Man's E.G. Daly with to two. You. How many? How many more do I have to guess? Two more. You, if you get this one. You clinch because Kyle only has. Yeah, I only got the one. Left. Mm-hmm. I got the one number two. Just put me out of my misery, man. Eighty-five. Nineteen eighty-five. In a year. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, uh, this is, uh, no, that's too early. Hey, you're on a roll right oh, now. Oh, okay. Short, oh, wait, Karate Kid. The Karate Kid, I don't see it on this list. Must be a different year, because I would imagine it's okay, in the top 10. Okay. All right. I think that's 1987. No, that's not 87. Kyle. What? Oh, sorry. Um, you need, no, 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 you need this one. I need to get then. one in the top 10, is what you're saying. Yeah, or Michael Manzi clinches. This is in high school. Goonies? Goonies! Ding, 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 ding. Number nine that year. Wow, number nine. Just made it. Mike Manzi. Okay. If you get this, you win. If not, we're going to sudden death, unfortunately, for our audience. All right. I I think we're going to sudden death because uh, I'm having trouble tonight. But I'm just going to throw this out. Short circuit. Uh, I don't see it on this list, so we are going to sudden death, guys. Our first ever varsity challenge, and it's sudden death. Wow. Oh, God. Okay, so that wasn't a high... What, which ones did I even say so far? I said Rambo, two and Goonies. Those were mine. Mike, you said <laughs> Color Purple, and what was the other one? Oh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. So those are the only four we have so far, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking... So you, Kyle, got Pee-wee's Big Adventure. If it goes on forever, I'll give it to you. Uh, okay. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, Pee-wee's. I'm just trying to think, like, the 80s is just a time of, like, high school movies and action movies. Um, aren't... Commando. Commando is not here. But I'll say this. You're on the right track, sort of. There's one here that both of you are going to be like, ugh! Well, Manzi, get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
nobody's saying it's like kind of an obvious one. Mm, it's on the tip of your tongue, and it's on. Trust me, you're. you're uh. I mean, I I almost want to forfeit at this point. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it's on it's, the tip of our tongues. Uh, it's not like uh, was it the Breakfast Fuck! Club? That's here's the deal. The Breakfast Club is that year not in the top ten. Wow. wow. The Breakfast Club is sixteen that year after fucking Ooh. Mask, the Rocky Dennis story. Well, that still beat my Pee-wee's right. Big Adventure. That right? has share in it. <laughs> Okay. It's funny how the Breakfast Club is 16, and that's the like age of the kids in the movie. They're like 16. Oh, really? I guess. <laughs> All right, it's Kyle. in high school. Kyle, back to you. But before this round, if am I allowed to give a clue just to speed up this process? I mean, yeah, I think you. Well, have you should to. give a clue, and whoever answers it first wins, right? Is that a good? Okay, one? fine, fair. We'll do a true sudden death. I'm gonna give a clue. Okay. Whoever answers it first gets the varsity letter. Okay. One of the films you said. Stars the same person, also reprising an iconic role. Uh, One of the films that somebody guessed, another film on this list stars the same person, also reprising an iconic role. (laughs) Oh, uh, oh, uh, 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 um, what year would that be? Uh, Rocky IV. Rocky IV, correct, Kyle, you get the varsity letter. I keep thinking that's the next year wow nice Congrats. congratulations this made up for i'll leave it at the alamo <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah no you're right you just redeemed yourself we're not allowed to talk about. no we're not allowed so to I'm talk gonna about run through i'll run through the list of the top tens that year okay back to the future number one rambo first blood part two number two rocky four number three color purple number four out of africa number five out of africa six movie. cocoon okay seven I never the, saw it seven the jewel of the nile Eight witness, nine the Goonies, and ten spies like us. Yes, love it, John Landis. <laughs> witness was all the way back in '85. I guess. Oh. <laughs> no, it's just like wow. that. Harrison Ford doesn't make me think of like Indiana Jones time. Harrison Ford. No, no, that's fair. I, you're you're right about that. Well, I think he was just like a mega star. Yeah. Uh, like there weren't very many new huge scene breakers and Harrison Ford definitely between oh, it's a fantastic movie Star Wars, so. Indiana Jones, Blade Runner you know like he was really you know due for like a drama kind of thing so he nailed it and I think this is as good as a time as any to put a nail in part one of our discussion of Better Off Dead you know what I was thinking about it's always weird being the last one awake at a slumber party, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when, you know, you're talking with your friends all night, and then you start to tell this long story, or have, like, some confession about a girl you have a crush on, and you feel like you're telling it every ten minutes, even though it's probably, like, two minutes or whatever. And you finish, and you just get silence. No response. And you're sleeping bag, you're like, okay, I guess it's finally time for me to go to bed, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But uh, anyway, tell your friends about the show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all those places. I really appreciate your support, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So keep telling your friends, and let's keep this thing going. So I have two more homework assignments for you guys. The first is kind of a remembrance and memoriam of uh, David Ogden Stiers. He plays the father in Better Off Dead, as we mentioned. And... He passed away, actually, after we recorded this, so pretty sad about that. But he had an awesome career, great voice actor, and he was in a lot of films, too. So check out his work, look at his IMDb, and, you know, just kind of kind of explore his career and watch some of his films. The s- second assignment, well, watch this movie, Better Off Dead. It's a great film, and if you're listening this far, you might have been a little lost, maybe not. But if we haven't convinced you to watch Better Off Dead, we're not doing our jobs. Watch this movie. I'm giving you a one-week extension on this assignment. It'll make next week's episode so much better. Speaking of next week... <clears throat> gotta clear my throat. Don't forget to tune in next week for a very special episode. Part 2 of our Better Off Dead discussion with Kyle Reinfried and Michael Manzi. Super fun, and you can check it out right here on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, along with like all the other places you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Android, Stitcher... Don't forget to check out the other shows as well. They're very good. Especially P.S. I Love Hoffman and the great stuff that Mike and Kyle are working on. So, I leave you with Kyle's dream girl, E.G. Daly, taking us away with 
One Way Love, the theme song to Better Off Dead. Hope you enjoyed. Later, dudes. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.